from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs, and I am lucky to have Matt Derrick with me today from Chiefs Digest. Matt, how's it going? Not too bad. We are actually sitting across from each other. This does not happen very often. This is really strange, isn't it? <laughs> I think this is the second time, no, third time we've done this. Uh, a little strange. Uh, we were both actually at training camp, so you'll get a little bit of a perspective from both of us today. Uh, we do have a lead story, and our lead story today is going to be the rotation of several players throughout the Chiefs offense specifically. Uh, I'll start real quick, and you talked to me about this the other day, uh, a guy in Rashard Davis who is a very uh, small wide receiver, but he is making an impression in camp. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a little bit more experienced because he came out in 2017. He was with the Eagles that season. He was on the practice squad. Got a Super Bowl ring with the Eagles. I mean, so he's one of the few Chiefs on the team that has a ring. Um, he, and actually leading up to the week of the Super Bowl, he was pretty integral because he was going back and forth between simulating Danny Amendola and Brandon Cooks, getting them ready for that game. Um, he's, he can, he can return kicks. That's been kind of his specialty. He can move. He's got a lot of speed. Um, won a national championship at James Madison in college. Um, and you're right. I mean, the, the question about him is size because he's been making plays throughout training camp. I mean, he's getting open. He's getting hands on balls. He's making catches. He's looked good. Um, question is, you know, at his size, can he hold up on special teams? Cause if you're going to be the fifth or sixth receiver, you got to play teams and you got to right. be able to hit. So, um, watch for him to see if he could, he's going to be a gunner on special teams in the preseason. If he can hold up there and he can make some plays, he's got a real chance to make this squad. Uh, he's got a lot of guys in front of him, but he can, he can do it. Yeah. And you talk about him. And then what I found interesting today watching camp was when they were doing their 10, 10 and 10, when they're doing their offensive plays, you have, uh, wide receivers, three or four wide receivers come in and out all the time. And Rashard Davis was one of those guys that went in there with Mahomes. And I understand that, you know, you have, you only have so many wide receivers, but that is significant. He's seeing snaps with the ones. I mean, he's not necessarily first, you know, a first string player, but he's seen snaps with those guys. Yeah. And this was a day where it's really interesting to look at those rotations because of the, of the structure of the practice. This was truly one of these kind of, you know, glorified walkthroughs that they do before a game. And it gives you a sense of, you know, what they are kind of envisioning of what the depth chart looks like. But then, you know, who could end up making this roster? And if, hey, if you're getting reps on the ones right now, you're, you're in line. I mean, that's, that's the guys who are probably going to be making up to 53. So if he's getting, you know, reps with the ones and now there's, there are some other guys doing it. Um, you know, they probably have like seven or eight guys right now who would consider being, you know, one of those 53 guys and it, they're not going to carry seven or eight. Right. They're going to carry five or six, but you have to, you have those guys that have to be able to rotate through. Exactly. Now, now the interesting thing on that is, is you start talking about all these offensive players that are rotating through. Offensive line was another place where you got to see that because you saw uh, Murray come in for Reader at times. Uh, you saw Cam Irving come in for Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. Obviously, those guys aren't losing their jobs to those guys, but they're rotating guys through, and that's how you really see where they feel those offensive linemen are. Yeah, and if, there's a, there, if there were any questions before we got in the training camp about what the offensive line looks like, I mean, Andrew Wiley is your left guard. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, that's the lineup. He's set. Cam Irving's going to be your swing tackle. That's where they feel like he is, he's, he's the best fit. Now can, now he, he can still play all five positions. So if a guard goes down, could, could Cam Irving be the first guy in there? He could be, but they really want to get him work. So you saw him, I mean, as he's been doing throughout training camp, 
Uh, he's been left tackle on the number twos, but today he cycled through both right and left tackle. Um, Murray really looks at this point like they've, they're positioning him to be that number two center. Uh, now could it be, could they be preparing him to be on the practice squad? The guy could call up if they need, you know, right or to go down. You need to bring somebody. Yes. But right now he's been getting all the number two reps and rotating yeah. in today. So uh, I think you got to consider him as being probably one of those guys who's going to make the squad too. Yeah, and you see Murray. I also saw him rotate in for uh, LDT uh, when Reader came back in. Murray rotated in for Reader. A couple of plays later, Reader came back in. Murray moved yep. over, and LDT just uh, came off the field. And obviously, none of those guys are losing their positions. It's you need to have those guys have an idea as to where they're going to be. You need to just have them all starting to get chemistry together. And yes, it's a glorified walkthrough, but this is where it starts. And this is exactly, you know, I mean, the way they have done things in the past, you know, those sixth and seventh linemen, they want them experience working with everybody else in the line. Because right. if they, you get into a point and let's face it, I mean, the last couple of seasons, they've had to have these guys step in and play for extended stretches. So they don't want, you know, Cam Irving to come in. He's never played next to Andrew Wiley. Right. They, you know, he's never played next to LDT. You want him to have that chemistry and experience. So that's why they, they do rotate them through during camp. Yep. All right. So let's take our quick first quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss a little bit more from what we saw at training camp today. The new Locked On NFL is on fire with new host Brian Peacock joining Matt Williamson for your daily national podcast on all things NFL. Check out Locked On NFL. This episode is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text Five Star to 87000 right now to learn more. With Five Star Painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you meet your personal and professional goals, and you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll also be part of the greater Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. I run Rogue Analytics, and being my own boss is the only way that I could get everything done. Text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about how a five-star painting franchise can help you get where you want to go. Again, text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about the Neighborly brand that may be available in your area. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, sir. So what was your big takeaway outside of the rotations? Oh, today, I think. Because <laughs> I know you enjoyed it. I think, yeah, well, you know, we were talking about, yeah, actually, next week is usually when senioritis kicks in. You get those last few practices after the first preseason game. Nobody wants to come back to St. Joe for training camp. I think it was a little senioritis today with that day off tomorrow. I think <laughs> it's, it certainly it looked was, like it, didn't it? It was not one of the more lively practices. No. Now, granted, there were no shells today, no pads. There was no hitting. So there was that. It was uh, it's a 10-10-10, which, you know, said is a glorified walkthrough. So um, it's and it's not quite even touch football. It's If you've been out the camp, it's not even a seven-on-seven. Seven. I mean, it's truly just a little bit. Well, you know, they just, they run through the motions a bit of just, uh, but the idea with the 10, 10, 10 practice is that it's not an offense versus defense thing. It's solely for the number one offense and the number one defense to work through their plays. Right. You know, it's so an they can, period. they can, exactly. They're running through all the new stuff that they're putting in. It's a, it's a way for them to 
to run these these routes, to run every play, to run oh, their stunt schemes. I mean, everything they've got to run it against actual people than against air. Because, well, you know, you, can, you, have, you everything's going to be perfect against air. But right. you need to see how it works with, the, with people out there against you. Right. And that's a big key there because one of the things that I'm watching while I'm watching this 10-10-10 practice is you have all these wide receivers just running wide open all over the field. And I'm sitting there going, what the heck's going on? And then you start looking at the at the corners trying to cover them, and you realize they're not really trying to cover them. They're trying to be in a certain spot, and it's just – it is a glorified walkthrough. I mean, they are, like you said, just trying to install, and they're just trying to act like they're really placeholders as, as opposed to really competing. And, and that's and it's true. It's it's kind of goes down and inverse as you go down the teams because yeah, I mean you get the third team guys out there who are fighting for jobs. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit more spirited. Yeah, they are. They're going to be covering a little bit closer because they know that every rep counts and they got to look good every play. Whereas you know, you guy that knows he's going to make the fifty three, he just knows his job is to kind of just be in the way out there. He does. He needs, he's making business decisions today. Yeah, don't want to get any injuries. <laughs> and well, and then the other part of it today was it was screen day. Which is, it, once again, that's not, for the offense, that's not about hitting. For the offense, that's all about getting their timing down and figuring out where they need to go on every, because screens are incredibly intricate. I mean, they require work over and over and over again. Andy kind of, uh, Andy Reed snapped a little bit today when, you know, somebody said, Hey, you know, you're kind of working on simple plays today. Like, oh, there's no play that's simple in the NFL. <laughs> and Andy Reed screens are far from simple. I mean, they are intricate dances because all, all you've got, you yeah, you've got all this, you've got pre-snap motion, you've got offensive line, but they've got to be in specific spots. And if they're not, and you saw there was a couple of places today where people were not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And the and ball just, issues. ball just goes into the ground or it gets batted in the air and you get turnovers. Well, and then you end up with Sherman lined up out wide to start the formation. That was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> like, what is like, Sherman like, doing at wide? Man, Ryan, like, Ryan's not here to see this. I know <laughs> Ryan would be really disappointed. Well, and then you saw another formation that was a triple I, I thought, um, which I had never seen them run before. So that was interesting to me as well. I didn't really, I couldn't really catch what they did with it because I was, in the middle of looking up and saying, oh, wait, they have one. Wait a second. That's a triple I. What the heck are they doing? <laughs> They've done, they, we've, we've seen a lot of, lot of tricky stuff out there. Um, you saw it was one formation today. You had McCole Harbin in the backfield and that two man set. Um, one thing we saw today and we've seen this throughout camp and, and I know they did, did this a little bit last year, but Mahomes with the sleight of hand on some of his pitches and, Shovels is it's getting ridiculous. I mean, he you got if you got a quarterback that can handle the ball like that, you do it. But he had one today. I guess I think it was. I think the ball ended up in the hands of Watkins on a jet sweep, and it was off a fake fake uh, option right. And I, I hey, I followed Mahomes because I thought he had the ball and was going to pitch it to Hyde, and then I found out neither one of them had the ball. <laughs> Watkins has got to go. Watkins has got to go into, and there was nobody on that side. I mean, because all the blockers they sold it as everything was going right, and Watkins was just all by himself out there alone. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and Mahomes is doing these pitches like a you know they added it on those jet suits a couple of years ago with Smith, where it's it's a forward pass. Easy which, touchdown pass you never throw. It's an easy touchdown pass, but it also takes away the, you know, hey, if, if, it, fumbles, if, it's a, if it gets fumbled, it's a forward pass. So it's a mm-hmm. dead play. So you take a little bit of risk out there, uh, out of it. But with Mahomes, they're doing some of these, like, he just, he just takes the ball and just kind of tosses it in the air or he just drops it. I mean, it's the way that they are letting Mahomes handle the ball and some of those things. 
it just goes back to the, the same misdirection that they are just trying to confuse people. And I tell you what, I've, I've had more plays during camp this year that I've seen where Mahomes has just done some of these things. It's not a 50 yard bomb. It's a three inch pass. And <laughs> it's you just don't expect it. I mean, yeah, it's, it freezes you for a minute because you just see the ball kind of pop up in the air and it's, well, it's a forward pitch really. And but, that's what, and that's the worst thing that a defense could possibly have is you're sitting there thinking, we have to worry about this 50 yard bomb or 60 or 70 yard bomb. And he's going to eat your lunch with a three inch pass. He's even done it with just some handoffs out of the backfield. I mean, you know, during, uh, Daryl Williams had one the other day on just a trap play. Instead of handing it to him, Mahomes just basically had the ball at his chest and dropped it forward. And <laughs> Williams takes off with it. I mean, I, at first I almost thought it was a fumble. And I got to think defensive players are going to be like that too. They just see the ball come out. And you're going to have a split second of where you don't know what's happening there. And if you think it's a fumble and you're trying to go for that, and instead Daryl Williams got the ball and run with it, that, that split second can freeze you. Oh, and that actually will open up a lot of things Absolutely. down the road. So that's a, that's a good thing. You know, it's crazy to me to see all the intricacies that he's working on. Uh, last year, going into last season, we were so worried about footwork. I mean, that was a big talk. You know, you have to worry about his footwork. Is his footwork going to be a problem? That obviously wasn't a problem. Uh, going into this year, I don't really know that you can really be p- that picky about what you're going to be working on. He, yeah, you'd like to maybe see his interceptions come down, but his interception to TD ratio is still four to one. So yeah, how picky can you really get? Well, and that's, you know, I mean, the crazy thing is, is that if you're, if you're an Andy Reid, if you're an Eric Bienemy and you, you're going to continue to nitpick, but that's, that's a good thing because oh, if, you're, if you're nitpicking at these little tiny flaws that Patrick Mahomes has, if you eliminate those flaws, I mean, sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. And, and they still, I mean, you still talk about, you know, that they're, you know, some of their, you know, emphasis this year was footwork again. Um, and, and not really just, you know, the footwork of, you know, making throws, but the footwork pre-snap, being able to get yourself into position. Moving around in the pocket, those are the things that they're more concerned about. And you still hear talk about that. Um, but not as much, but you know, but you are, I mean, you're nitpicking because you limit, you pick up that just that little extra inch. It's going to make a difference. I mean, you know, you, so you think about Mahomes getting better. He can get better because there's always room to improve. Absolutely. And he's going to get better going into this next season, which I'm sure is just giving defensive coordinators fits. Uh, we do need to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to flip over to the other side of the ball and talk a little bit about the defense, as well as a couple of observations. You fantasy players want to listen to Vinny Iyer on Locked On Fantasy Football. With his 20 years covering the game, don't listen to the same old stuff as everyone else. Listen to the best. Check out Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, so we are sitting here in... I want to talk about special teams real quick, just because it's at the top of my mind. I really enjoyed watching that aspect of practice today because it was kind of funny. Uh, rookie kicker Jack Fox. I'll let you just uh, talk about that for a second. Do you, you want to talk about the punt? Or you can the, talk about whichever way you want to go. Uh, there, were, there were some good moments today. There were some good <laughs> moments. Um, there was the 38-yard, I don't know how actually long it was. It looked like it was a shank, a short one. And it was like, oh, that's just going to be terrible. And he got the luckiest bounce I've ever seen he in the did. history of man. And when I saw it, I was sitting there going, <laughs> he's going to shank that way out of bounds. And there's, it's going to be dead, you know, like you said, 40 yards down the field. And somehow it hits and just. It just like a fantastic bounce. And just, I mean, you could tell in the, in the air that that ball was just spinning yeah. out of control. Yeah. 
I mean, it looked like a satellite plunging to Earth. It was out of control. It was, <laughs> not, it was in a decaying orbit. It was not going well. Uh, and he's, he's had some troubles with that. I mean, there's, there have been some struggles. Then there, the other one that I, I loved was that line drive um, into the up man on practicing on side kicks. It bounces off the up man. And then all these rookies are out there for getting the rules. They were waiting for the ball to go 10 yards. That's a live ball, guys. Jump on it. <laughs> well, it, it was a line drive. You're not joking it about that. It was a line drive. The crazy thing about it was, so Fox's lineups where he's going to where it looks like he's going to be kicking to his right, so you expect it to go to those five guys. And at the very last second, he moves his foot and just straight nails it right at somebody's chest on the left and just hit him in the chest, and I think it knocked him over, too. And surprised it, him. It looked like it surprised him from where I was sitting. And just because it's rookies, it, it, it reminded you, it was the receiving up guys yes. who were waiting for the ball to go 10 yards. Right. Why they weren't following it, I have no idea whatsoever. This is why I, I'm saying I would love to have Dave Tobe mic'd up on a preseason game because oh, I, him, him, him yelling at rookies would have to be pure gold. That would not be Bless, to, bless their hearts. Yes. Bless their hearts. All right. So back to defense. Um, you know, not a lot today. Uh, we did see Reggie Ragland get a pick late. Uh, I think you might have been moved down to the media tent yeah, before that happened. Yeah. Uh, but you know, not really much today. Of course, you know, when you're talking about 10, 10, 10, again, you're mainly trying to get defensive looks and you're trying to, uh, do installs of certain defenses. And, and in that regard, you're talking about the defensive scheme. And really, I mean, today, once again, you know, you talk about rotations on the offensive side. Rotation on the defensive side too are pretty interesting because you you had three starters not working out there. You didn't have Frank Clark, um, you didn't have a man, uh, Alex Okafor, you didn't have Damian Wilson, um, and then one of the backups, Emmanuel Ogba, was out too. So, uh, you know, you got a little bit better sense of you know where they're at on some of those rotations. Um, you had Ben Neiman coming in. Um, that's kind of interesting because when Neiman's coming in to this four three, they've been they've been putting him at the middle. Which then kicks Reggie Ragland out to play in strong side. And that's, that's a new position for him. It's a little bit different. Um, but it gives you an indication of just, I, I think a little bit about where they see Ragland and the fact that he and Wilson can all play different roles. Um, Hitchens, they've been pretty much strictly sticking with him as, as the weak side guy, but you, you do see that mixed up every once in a while. Um, but you know, that, that linebacker rotation group is interesting. The defensive line, um, they get some really kind of interesting rotations going on there. Um, Derek, Derek, Derek Naughty, Chris Jones, Clark, Okafor have been your starters, but you know, today with some of the guys out, you saw Spreaks and Passano. Well, you saw Williams. Who in there, the wins. You saw Williams in there too. Justin Hamilton was getting some reps yeah. in there. Um, Jeremiah Attitude was getting some looks too. And that's interesting because this is a guy that I don't know what he is. Uh, because he frequently works with the defensive end guys. They oftentimes, but they line him up as more of like a drop back linebacker and some passing situations as a cover guy. Um, but he'll line up on the end too and attached. I mean, there's, there's some of these guys that are that they just, they're moving them back and forth. I mean, even Reed today mentioned, you know, that they've been experimenting with passing you even dropping back a little bit too and playing like a stand up linebacker spot outside. Um, they're not afraid to move these guys around. Yeah, and I saw Passanio. I can't remember who, who who he was covering, but I saw him covering a tight end down the field, and it didn't end up very well for him. Yeah, but, since, but that, I can't since, really... that, since that glorious day where he guarded C.J. Spiller, and and yeah, and then it's, all thought, been it's all been downhill kind of in the cover game for him. But I, you know what? He's, he's not. He's, he's, having, he's having a good camp, man. He's having a good camp. He's not to be a cover guy, but maybe not a cover guy. Yeah. 
So nothing wrong. With <laughs> Maybe that. not a cover guy. Uh, so you look, you start looking at some of those other guys on defense, you know, the back end, the back half of it. Um, I didn't really see very many rotations when it came to corner or safety. I mean, you, you maybe at different times had, a, you know, uh, another safety come in, maybe Thornhill came in and, and Sorensen moved around or Matthew moved around, but you're not really seeing them come in and out for each other at that, those roles. It looks like they're pretty defined on the back end. Yeah. I mean, you know, today was probably a little bit of a different wrinkle because, uh, it looked like they were staying in their base in the four three a right. little bit more than usual. So there, there wasn't as much substitution. Um, the interesting thing to me is that when we have been seeing some nickel and dime looks, um, that's, they frequently have deployed some three safety looks, uh, where you have Sorensen and Thornhill out there at the same time. Um, Matthew has, he, hey, he'll be on the back end occasionally, but he really likes playing up to the line of scrimmage. You can tell that. And that's kind of where they want him. Well, and, and I'm glad you bring that up because we looked at what they did in the past and Sutton was huge on three safety sets. I didn't think that that was going to be a thing in Kansas City anymore with Spagnolo in town, but it looks like it could be. I think it, I think it's going to be simply because they, they like Matthew's cover skills that he can step up. They feel like he can cover somebody at the line. They also like the fact that, hey, he can blitz. He can do different things. He, he, they want him up close. Could, could it also be that they don't have a corner so they can bring in that they feel comfortable with? I mean, there's potentially an argument to be made there. <laughs> yes. Uh, but hey, if you got, you got, you know, empty backfield, you got, you know, five wideouts out there. I mean, Matthew's guy who can cover and right. they're not, a, they're, they're not worried about that. Um, Thornhill could probably do that in a pinch too, but they seem much more comfortable that if they're going to a three safety look, Matthew's up close, and then you got Thornhill and Sorensen on the back end. Right. Yeah, and Sorensen on the back end is still just something that I just scratched my head on, but it is what it is, and that's where they listed him on the depth chart. Anything else that really stood out to you today in camp? Um, in, in today's glorious practice. Today's glorious practice. I, you know, it, I mean, it was. I, I feel bad for anybody who came out to camp today because it was kind of a stinker. Uh, it was, it's short. I mean, and sometimes these 10 10 practices are pretty, you know, lively because they are fast paced. There's a lot going on. Um, with the things that we're working but on this, today, maybe not so much. This didn't feel lively though today. It no, felt, it did not. It, it no. did not feel lively at all. I mean, it just, to me, it felt like it was going through the motions of everything. Like you said, like we've talked about, you know, glorified. Um, yeah. Walkthrough. This was the kind of day that, I mean, because I had, and remember, they had three straight days of pads coming into this. That's true, too. And, and they had a live period yesterday that was really lively. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think these guys were ready for a break. So that's, that Tuesday could not get here soon enough for them. Yeah. Well, and the, <laughs> and the training camp attendees also were ready for a break. Yes. I think, well, with the numbers, maybe a third. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was probably compared to past years, a pretty decent day for a Monday 915 practice. Right. Uh, cause all the, all the numbers and crowds at camps have been crazy this year. Right. Much bigger than they've been in the past. Even the weekday crowds have been bigger. Um, but this is probably the smallest. Yeah. That we've seen yet at, at, at camp. And so, yeah, I think maybe there's a little bit of fatigue setting in for everybody. Yeah. It certainly is for me. <laughs> Well, Matt, thank you very much for coming and joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, you know where to find him on Chiefs Digest. Matt, thank you again, and uh, we will talk to you all tomorrow. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Chris. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnChiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>